Welcome to Faithful Echoes, the sermon podcast from St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Cleveland, Tennessee. New episodes are available every Monday featuring the Collect of the Day, Scripture readings, and Father Joel Huffstetler's insightful sermon from the previous Sunday. Perfect for catching up on missed sermons or revisiting favorites, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and our website at www.stlukescleveland.org backslash podcast. Subscribe now for spiritual reflections that fit seamlessly into your week. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious Father, we give you thanks for the fruits of the earth in their season and for the labors of those who harvest them. Make us, we pray, faithful stewards of your great bounty for the provision of our necessities and the relief of all who are in need. To the glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The first lesson is a reading from the eighth chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. The Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with flowing streams, with springs and underground waters welling up in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land where you may eat bread without scarcity, where you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and from whose hills you may mine copper. You shall eat your fill and bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Take care that you do not forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commandments, his ordinances, and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. When you have eaten your fill and have built fine houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks have multiplied, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, an arid wasteland with poisonous snakes and scorpions. He made water flow for you from flint rock and fed you in the wilderness with manna that your ancestors did not know to humble you and to test you, and in the end, to do you good. Do not say to yourself, my power and the might of my own hand have given me this wealth, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, so that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors, as he is doing today. The word of the Lord. The psalm appointed for this morning is Psalm 65, which is found on page 672 in the Book of Common Prayer and in your service bulletin. We will read responsively by half verse. You are to be praised, O God, in Zion. To you shall vows be performed in Jerusalem. To you that hear prayer shall all flesh come. Because of their transgressions. Our sins are stronger than we are. But you will blot them out. 
Happy are they whom you choose and draw to your courts to dwell there. They will be satisfied by the beauty of your house, by the holiness of your temple. Awesome things will you show us in your righteousness, God of our salvation. Hope of the, need, the ends of the earth and of the seas that are far away. You make fast the mountains by your power. They are girded about with might. You still the roaring of the seas. The roaring of their waves and the clamor of the peoples. Those who dwell at the ends of the earth will tremble at your marvelous signs. You make the dawn and the dusk to sing for joy. You visit the earth and water it abundantly. You make it very plenteous. The river of God is full of water. You prepare the grain. For so you provide for the earth. You drench the furrows and smooth out the ridges. With heavy rain, you soften the ground and bless its increase. You crown the year with your goodness. And your paths overflow with plenty. May the fields of the wilderness be rich for grazing. And the hills be clothed with joy. May the meadows cover themselves with flocks and the valleys cloak themselves with grain. Let them shout for joy and sing. The second lesson is a reading from the ninth chapter of the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. The point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of his ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, 
They were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's gospel lesson comes from Luke. Among all of the gospel writers, Luke is particularly concerned to show Jesus always reaching out to the poor and to the marginalized. To be sure, Jesus does this in the other gospels. That's clear. But in Luke, the author is intentional about repeatedly showing Jesus' concern for the poor and those frequently on the margins of society. It's only in the Gospel of Luke that we hear these exact words of Jesus. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. And the Greek can also be translated, be compassionate just as your Father is is compassionate. To be sure, that sentiment of Jesus is present in abundance in the other Gospels. But it's only in Luke that those precise words are used. Be merciful. Be compassionate. Just as your Father, God, is merciful, is compassionate. So the story we have for today is from the section of Luke that is unique to Luke's gospel. Only Luke gives us this passage about these lepers and this one in particular. Leprosy at the time of the writing of Luke was a catch-all term for numerous skin conditions. In the modern day, there is a condition called leprosy. But in the biblical era, leprosy stood for all skin conditions. It's so important when we read passages like this to remember that these passages come out of a time when there was no modern medicine available. We take so much for granted in our modern culture. When I think about my own life, I live a robustly healthy life for a middle-aged man, and yet I am on a first-name basis with the pharmacist and the staff at Cherokee Pharmacy. I live a healthy life, but I know the pharmacist, plural, and their staff by name. Perhaps you do, too. In the biblical world, there was nothing resembling what we have to cover so many basic medical conditions. I say that to say this, let's please try, at least try to hear the desperation in these lepers' call to Jesus. Jesus, Master, 
have mercy on us. Let's please, from our modern point of view, at least try to hear the depth of that cry for help. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have compassion, because no one else will, is the subtext. No one else is coming to our aid. Notice the recognition on the part of these lepers. If you think about it, throughout the Gospels, the running battle is, do people recognize Jesus as Messiah or not? And so many people, so many of the religious leaders within the house of Israel did not recognize Jesus to be the Messiah. But these lepers do. They have a sense of who Jesus is. Perhaps they've heard rumors that the Messiah has come. Oftentimes it's the poor, those on the margins, who are most attuned to the ways of God. Oftentimes it's those persons in the most need who have the most awareness of the Spirit and the presence of God. And so Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priest, which is what one would do to be declared clean. It would have been the priest to make that judgment. And so let's again try to imagine the joy with which these people would have run into town with the permission of Jesus, go show yourselves to the priest and be announced clean. They had every right to be overcome with joy, overcome with gladness, and we can imagine them indeed running as fast as they could to the nearest priest And yet Luke tells us, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. The term turned back is interesting here. It's freighted with meaning. To turn around, to change one's mind, is the definition of repentance. The Greek for repentance in the New Testament means to change one's mind. And it comes from an everyday Greek term which meant to turn around. And that's what we see here. The nine have every reason to be overwhelmed with joy. And yet one person turns back to the source of that joy, prostrates himself, and gives thanks. Luke tells us he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and then so crucially, and he was a Samaritan, someone who was despised when trying to mix with the predominant culture. It's not impossible that the Samaritan even would have endured ostracism within the leper colony 
it's possible that even within the group of lepers, the Samaritan would have been ostracized simply because of his ethnic heritage and his religious beliefs. And yet Luke is so intentional in saying, and he was a Samaritan. Of course, what we're meant to take from it is, if he, then we. We are to remember the source of our blessings and be thankful. So this is that day, the day when we are especially intentional in this country about giving thanks. Today we're reminded in a special way that our entire year, every day, is meant to be lived gratefully and with active compassion, active mercy for the poor and for those on the margins of society. Debbie in our division of labor does most of the grocery shopping in our household, but I do make my way in there occasionally. Uh, sometimes these days to make a run for my mother, but sometimes we're together and we end up in the grocery store at the same time. I will tell you this from the depth of my soul. I never go into one of our major stores like a Publix or a Food City. I don't ever get in there without thinking about what, an, what a culture of abundance we live in. And I sometimes wonder, will they ever sell all of that ragu? <laughs> Seriously. I've never looked into the shelf life of that, but my goodness, they've got a lot of ragu. Seriously. Will they ever sell all of that? The deeper question, the deeper thought is, how blessed are we? How blessed are we in this culture to have this abundance? How blessed we are for the farmers, those who work in food production. How blessed we are. And yet there are those of us who don't have the luxury of just picking and choosing what they will buy. It's always important for us while we're giving thanks for our blessings to be in touch with and actively concerned for those who do not share in the blessings that so many of us can so easily take for granted. That's the beauty of the picture drawn by Luke in today's gospel lesson. The nine should have been joyful, but it was only the one who turned back to the source of that joy and gave thanks. I close with this. Debbie and I have a, a dear friend who lives in the United Kingdom. Uh, her husband is now deceased, but when he was living, they were in the habit of being in this country on Thanksgiving Day regularly. It just worked out that way for their travel schedule. And our friend, every year, I suspect I've got an email today. I haven't looked yet, but I suspect there's one today where our friend will say to us on Thanksgiving Day, it's a good thing what your country does. Nice to hear it from someone outside of our country. It's a good thing 
that you all do to carve out a day of intentional thanksgiving. She's right. It is a good thing that we do, and you have done a good thing by coming to be a part of this worship service. Today, when we are especially attuned to God's call to be thankful, may we please be reminded in a meaningful way today that we're to carry this intentionality with us every day and that always we're to think and act in ways that are in accord with God's will. Amen.